Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 50th episode of Zdeniak's English Podcast. <clears throat> in other words, I'm back. Yes, you have me here in one piece once again. And this is number 50. It is a special number, isn't it? 50 is such a lovely round number. Um, and it took me some time to work out what kind of episode I should actually publish to you. And I didn't really know what to choose. I was thinking, uh, I mean, I was thinking th sound, not s sound. I was thinking. By the way, do you know there is a wonderful video on YouTube about this? Just type in, we are thinking, we are thinking or thinking. And uh, what are you thinking or thinking about? And you will find something, you will find a special video and you will have a laugh about that, I can assure you. You will laugh, in fact, you will laugh your head off or ass off, depending on what part of body uh, you prefer to laugh off. It is entirely up to you. Yeah, so um, I knew, I always knew that you would be expecting something special. And for me, it would be so hard to live up to your expectations and uh, to live up to the reputation of the podcast, especially because the previous round episodes, I always rambled on for a long time about how special they are and so on. And um, by doing so, I actually gradually decreased uh, the special element of it or something like that. Or if you want, there is an expression which I have recently learned, uh, which goes, I killed the buzz. I killed the buzz. If you want, you can find for yourself what this means, but it could be used in this particular case, in this particular language context. So, I made a decision eventually to publish the episode which will feature a native speaker. Uh, about two months ago, I maybe it was one month ago, I'm not sure when it was, but doesn't really matter because this time is irrelevant now because this is what matters the time of the publishing and that's today which is actually the 9th of March 2014 yep and for this date I decided to publish an interview which I recorded earlier it is a Skype interview actually listeners this is the very first time in the history of the podcast I don't know if we should celebrate it might be actually the other way around because as you know, the Skype call, the quality, uh, is not ideal. I'm not saying it's not listenable. In fact, I think it's quite okay. But to be honest, I kind of prefer face-to-face -face interviews. Nevertheless, I think this does the job, especially because it's a native speaker. And uh, hopefully you will enjoy this in spite of the fact that it was recorded via Skype, as a Skype call. Okay, I promised you a native speaker. Who's this? This is Ethan from England. So he's British. And he has already featured in one episode. It will all be explained more thoroughly as a part of the interview, in fact, in, at the very beginning of it. So, uh, because the interview is quite long, I again, once again, I divided, I'm dividing it into two parts. And after the first part finishes, I'm going to play you a bonus. It's totally unrelated to the interview. It's just something that has happened recently. And it was the speech of the Czech president, uh, Miloš Zeman. And uh, there was something absolutely hilarious, he said, during, this, during his speech in European Parliament in Strasbourg. Uh, I thought, I can't really... I, I have... I have um, gone on about this already on the Zdenix English podcast Facebook group. So those of you who follow the podcast group, uh, you might know what, what this will be about already. So uh, for you guys, it won't be much of a surprise. But what I want to do, not only play you this speech and uh, um, something else that inspired uh, uh, someone to write a song about it, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to explain some things and uh, kind of put you into broader picture, into context, so you will understand what this whole thing is about. 
Okay, so this is this will be uh, this will be a bonus which will follow after the the interview uh, proper. What you can expect in the episode 51 is obvious. You can expect the second part of the interview, which will be a bit shorter, I guess. But uh, don't worry, I'm gonna uh, do some language analysis of the selected expressions which which appear during this interview with Ethan because uh, I think he uses uh, a lot of interesting language which I myself um, don't use very often so it would be quite handy to uh, have a look, to take a look at some of these expressions and try to analyze them. Alright, hope you're ready because um, here comes the interview with Ethan uh, the native speaker from England. Have fun! Hello Ethan, how are you man? Yeah, I'm good, how are you? I'm alright, thanks. Welcome to Zdenek's English Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is an experiment actually, I haven't done this before. It's a Skype call. I haven't done this before on my podcast. And it's, okay. the, it's the first time in history of the podcast. <laughs> I decided to call you because uh, you're from Great Britain. You're a native speaker. And I met, yeah, you, yeah. I met you last summer, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, amazingly, amazingly enough, you came to study to my country. <laughs> so, so perhaps you should, tell, you should tell my listeners how this came about. May I ask you to do that? Yeah, sure. So, um... I'm from London and I study in Bristol and in Bristol I study uh, Russian and Czech and in the summer I went over to to Zdenek's hometown Podibradi in the Czech Republic to uh, study on a course there for a month and yeah met Zdenek, learned some good Czech, <laughs> good month yeah a really good month. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but uh... This is not your first uh, appearance on the podcast, is it? Actually, actually, uh, you've been you've been on my podcast before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Do, we do had you, a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that up in a up in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where else would we meet, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a British, <laughs> a British, and a Czech. Two, <laughs> two nations famous for drinking. Yeah, it's only natural. Yeah, should 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 we rather say infamous? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like it's a, uh, it's just natural for a Czech and an English person to meet in a pub, to spend <laughs> lots of time in a pub. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, we, we recorded one episode with uh, you, your friend Sean, and two yeah, Hunga- yeah. two Hungarians, and it was called beer session with two Hungarians and English. Yeah, yeah. And it was a popular episode because it was the first time that native speakers featured on the podcast. Have you listened oh. to, have you listened to it actually? Have you listened to what we recorded? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yes. What did you make of it? <laughs> oh, yeah, that de- definitely you can definitely tell it was like recorded in a pub just because of the nature of the chat like Yeah. Uh, there was it, it was like a, it was a good experience for me as well. Was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to like, yeah, have like a, a recorded memory, I suppose, as well of uh, the trip to Podibradi. Uh huh. Nice, nice. Uh, actually, you, you maybe don't don't know this, but there is kind of a strange connection of you to my podcast, actually, uh, because yeah. uh, as you said, you're studying at a university in Bristol, okay? And my friend Pepson, Peppa, uh, yeah. he has a, another friend. A Czech friend who lives who lives actually in uh, Bristol, and he regularly comes to visit him there every year. Pepson, my friend, who um, I'm his teacher, I'm his English teacher, and he he comes to Bristol to visit this Czech friend. And this is where you are currently studying, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I, I there was one episode uh, with Pepson, with this Czech friend of mine, actually, in which he spoke about this friend from Bristol and about his holiday. It was called uh, Pepson's Holiday. Yeah, so are you following? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Ethan, you're studying Czech. Uh, 
that's quite unusual for for a British guy. I mean, it's we are a small small nation, small country. How come I, I can understand that uh, uh, someone studies Russian because Russia is so so huge and it can be uh, good for whatever reasons. I don't know trade. I don't know, but uh, uh, why why Czech? Well, for me personally. Um... It, it, everything just sort of fell into place at the right time. Uh, I I was studying Russian at school, and I was pretty sure I wanted to do Russian at university. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there were a few like really good courses offering Czech as well. So I thought, you know, let's just do it. Let's try something new. And if I enjoy it, I'll stick with it. If I don't enjoy it, then I'll try something else. But turns out I've really enjoyed learning Czech so far. <laughs> That's great. So. Did you know anything about Czech culture and Czech Republic before before you started studying Czech language? No, I hadn't really known like that much about Czech culture. Um, I started like reading up on it um, like a few years before I went to university, uh-huh. and you know just to see, give myself an idea of what I'm getting myself in for. Um, <laughs> but an ex- yeah. unexplored area. Sorry, unexplored area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Part of the appeal to like for me for studying Czech uh-huh. um, was the fact that I was learning something completely fresh. Everything that was that was being taught, or, or like just everything that I was learning, was uh, completely new, and that made it you know quite an exciting thing. Okay, that's cool. So now you can speak both Czech and Russian. Is that true? Yeah, uh, Russian better than Czech. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. I mean, a lot of people say that. British, they don't actually need to learn foreign languages because English is such a global language. Yeah. So it's quite unusual, but uh, I guess it must be cool. Yeah, like, personally, I enjoy language learning, so that's mainly uh, that's probably yeah the large re- largest reason why I'm actually like here studying languages. But on like the point of English being a like a, quite an international language, and English native speakers not having to learn other languages. Mm-hmm. Like what I do find is that people people here generally do generally do feel a bit guilty for not put, putting time into learning another language. Mm-hmm. But you know that's <laughs> I guess it's a bit pointless because you know it you, you know you're either going to learn it or you're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're either going to make it or you're not. So yeah, so, yeah. actually, actually, what what uh, I decided to do about one month ago. Uh, because I had this idea that uh, if I speak with you, I mean, I had your contact, we kept in touch, but we didn't really text each other or make any phone calls, yeah? But what I decided to do, that I decided to offer you this opportunity for some kind of a language exchange. So, uh, because I know you're studying Czech at a university, and uh, I thought it would kind of come in handy for you uh, uh, to practice some Czech. So I would speak to you Czech, and then maybe in exchange for that, you would speak to me English. So that's yeah. that's what we decided to do, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how are you finding it? <laughs> this decision, does it work? Yeah. Does it work for you? Yeah, it definitely works for me. I mean, it's uh, like I said before. I think in one of our previous conversations, um, I'm not really exposed to in like. Yeah, in in the in a week, in a general week, I don't really speak that much Czech to another Czech native speaker. Mm-hmm. Like though, all my uh, teachers and lecturers are uh, who teach me Czech are like Czech native speakers. Mm-hmm. I don't see them uh, like too many for too many hours in a week. So every little helps, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Every time I speak Czech, it's to, um, yeah to someone who's fluent. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be helpful. I so yeah, it's really helped me so far. Mm-hmm. I had similar experience at the university. Uh, I was exposed exposed to English a lot because I had to read, and uh, everyone spoke English. Uh, I mean, the teachers, the professors, but actually, I didn't have any native speakers uh, with whom I would hang out in my free time. I mean, this is something extra, some uh, extra effort you put in, and it can really make a difference in the end. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just to put it to, to put it simple. Uh, after a few phone calls with me, you're gonna end up uh, obviously being the the best Czech speaker at your university <laughs> in Bristol, uh, maybe in uh, England or in Great Britain or United Kingdom. 
or maybe <laughs> even in Europe, you know, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that, that, that's the aim. <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate aim, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, motivation to learning any language is kind of essential. It's crucial, isn't it? And uh, yeah. if you do something extra for it, if you if you study outside the classroom, then uh, you know. Yeah, it can make a lot of difference. It can make a lot of difference. Um, so I'm really glad that you decided to be my guest for this episode of the podcast, and uh, I thought we could we could maybe spend some time talking about what it means to be British and. English, the Britishness, Englishness. Uh, maybe we can mention some values, culture aspects, or common stereotypes. Uh, we can try to discuss this if if it's okay for you. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, just feel feel free to use any idiomatic expressions. Just speak as you want. Speak freely. <laughs> okay. No, no pressure. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what does it mean for you to be British or English? I mean, we are English, right? But uh, you are also British. So, what do you feel more, British or English? Um, it's a tough question. I guess. Tough. Yeah. The thing about yeah, it's it's yeah, it's quite like a big question to me. Like personally, I see that you know the the whole thing about being British and being English. Um, British is kind of a, to me, it's a quite an official, like an official way of describing uh, where you're from. You know, we, we all have like a, we all have a British passport, mm -hmm. uh, like a, a British embassy, for instance. But when you're talking about like your personal identity, then yeah, I'd say you, generally speaking, people wouldn't describe themselves as British when talking about their um, personal identity. You know, they say English or Welsh, <laughs> Scottish or Irish. Yeah, or Northern Irish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of confusing sometimes for me when I watch Olympic games where you compete as United King, uh, as Great Britain, don't you? And then yeah. at um, World Cups and European Cups in football, uh, you have English, you have Welsh, and you have a Scottish team. It's kind of confusing. Why, why do you think this is so? I'm not really sure like why that I guess it's just two different systems and they decided it would be better to do things differently in each one. Mm. I guess yeah maybe in the Olympics uh like the British like Olympic committee wanted to win as much as they could so they wanted to get like all the athletes <laughs> from all of the islands. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess yeah when uh, yeah generally speaking football is uh, people can get, get get um people can get quite passionate about football and a lot of people can link it like quite closely with identity, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So um, there is big rivalry. Yeah, like rivalry. Sorry, there is rivalry between uh, Scottish and English team when they play each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, can imagine that. And yeah, because imagine like uh, I couldn't imagine um, Scottish football fans being too happy about um, their team playing, you know, as you know, the great British football team. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, there's like they have some, of course, yeah, natural, like identity conflicts. Mm -hmm. um, They're very they proud have... to be Scottish, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Which is okay. And yeah, like... which is okay, of course. Yeah, cool. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, it shows in like the football, yeah, the football teams uh, supporters really. Mm. Are you yeah. are you looking forward to the World Cup? You qualified, unlike us, the Czechs. Yeah. So uh, actually, now I have to. Cross fingers, uh, cross my fingers to you, because there is no one, else, no, there is no one else to cross fingers to, because my team is out. So good luck to you guys. I hope uh, no more disallowed goals for you, uh, and uh, uh, especially I wish you good luck uh, not not getting to penalties, you know. Yeah. Because that's, people, that's where you end. People just generally so like pessimistic about England in the World Cup. Even people in your country. You're yeah, people in our country, like people, I don't know um, about like general opinions outside of um, outside of England or even the UK for that matter. But yeah, like in people, people in England generally think that the English football team is rubbish, like all the time, yeah. no matter how well they do. Exactly, but it's also when, when <laughs> it's rubbish. you know I'm a teacher, yeah. You know I'm a teach English teacher, and sometimes I, yeah. I teach like units about football, like 
chapters, there are whole chapters in books, you know, and uh, it's always like this, that you have this kind of sarcastic attitude about your own team, but you love it, you're, you're a cradle of football, yeah, you are, yeah, you are the one who invented football, you love it, and your league is the best league in the world, so it's a kind of contrast, kind of strange, that you are not confident enough in your team, you know? Yeah, yeah. It is strange. It is strange. But, but it is maybe, funny maybe at the same time. Maybe it's part of your sense of humor, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I was going to say something like that. Yeah. It's just like uh, perhaps unwritten British etiquette just to be a slightly pessimistic. Exactly. It's, it's like <laughs> British etiquette. I read one book about it. It's uh, uh, Watching the English. Hold on. I'll tell you who wrote it. Uh, it was written by Kate Fox, and it's called Watching the English, The Hidden Rules of English Behavior. And this uh, woman is an anthropologist, and she observes the values and um, culture aspects of Britishness and Englishness, and she mentions all, all of that. You know, she's, she's uh, digging into the etiquette, what it means to be British. And as you said, you shouldn't be too cocky and all that. If you are, then uh, they will look down on you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, actually, <laughs> this is very interesting for me. Now, uh, I mentioned the humor. So, for you, it's obviously uh, a value. It's a very important aspect of your life in Britain. Everybody uh, is trying to make jokes there in a pub. Uh, yeah, definitely. If you aren't funny, you're basically out of the game, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I... Yeah, I personally consider that humor is quite an important aspect of life for me personally, and uh, people are always open to jokes. I mean, and I, I consider it quite like a universal thing, quite a universal thing, just humor. Yeah, but you, I guess British uh -huh. British people are like. Uh, are I think they put more emphasis known, yeah. on it, even more than yeah. than the rest of the world. Um, uh, any any British people I met in my life, all of them, they were they were like this. Yeah. Some of them were obviously uh, more funny than the others. They were funnier than the others, but uh, they all tried to be funny. You know, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I could I could clearly see that it's it's uh, an important aspect of their life. And, yeah, definitely. And uh, having said that, your sense of humor is might be slightly different than somebody else's sense of humor because there are cultural differences. And um, so for example. There was this stereotype when I when I grew up at uh, at my school at a secondary school. I was very young. I didn't understand anything. But everybody used to say that British sense of humor is dry and all that. You know, it's like simple and and uh, something like that. But when I came to England, uh, yeah. I, I actually I actually grew fond of it. And uh, it, I I always ever since then I always defended it. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It is different, and in some cases, it might sound really like uh, like simple sometimes, but it's really nice. Yeah, I think there's a there's a great love for just rubbish jokes in England. Yeah, just really simple, just crap jokes. Uh, you say crack, crap jokes? Crap jokes. Yeah, yeah, you have those Christmas crackers, for example. Yeah. Yeah. That's which is what is it? Christmas crackers. Christmas crackers. Or should I explain that? Yeah. Yeah, well, at Christmas, um, we will have... Well, <laughs> this is like a question you would get on a Christmas cracker, like, describe a Christmas cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, uh, I saw a video, so I can try, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess... <laughs> it's, I, I guess it's what, you, it's what children do in families. They pull the crackers. It's like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you have two people on either end. You pull them, yeah. you pull them apart, and then one person will be left with uh, yeah. the cracker, and inside the cracker will be a few prizes, a Christmas hat, exactly. uh, some small gifts, some jokes, small gift or joke, yeah. and it's like a paper box. Yeah, you're, you're pulling paper box or something like that, yeah, wrapped in a in a wrapping paper. Yeah, yeah. But, and then then you find a joke, but usually some kind of a silly joke, a ridiculous one. Yeah, definitely. Okay, just like a, a a really bad pun or yeah, like a yeah pun pun it means like a wordplay yeah 
Yeah, wordplay. Mm -hmm. uh, double entendre. Du double, double, sense, double speak or double sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, it was the first thing when we were recording our episode. It was the first thing that uh, which was appar apparent that uh, you're British. It was clear because you, for example, if you remember what Sean said at the very beginning of it, uh, I wanted to point out that we were recording and uh, every time somebody says something inappropriate or something that uh, maybe they uh, say too much of uh, 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 like I do now or, yeah. or I don't know, uh, you know, say something wrong or make a mistake, I can always edit it out. And you know what Sean said? He said what? that it, this was his first sentence. So if I say I like uh, making love to kids, my <laughs> yeah. I will be this will be deleted. You know, yeah. so of course he used the f word instead. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just I just didn't find uh, the heart. Can I say I didn't find the heart to delete it? Uh, oh yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to delete it. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to delete it because I thought it was hilarious, even though it was <laughs> totally inappropriate. But uh, yeah. but it was clear clear that this was just British sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Just <laughs> just made use of the opportunity to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's like a prime example of yeah, and there, British. Humor. And there was another one when we discussed animals, if you remember, and I I asked. Uh, <laughs> I asked a, quite a stupid question, actually. What do you British people do with animals? And I was expecting something like, we eat them, we <laughs> we hunt them for meat. Uh, maybe yeah. we have uh, fox, what is it called? Fox hunt? Yeah, fox hunting. Fox, fox hunting and something like that. And what Sean said, yeah. what Sean said, of course, was that we, we fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, another one oh, there. Typical Sean. Typical Sean's humor. Typical Sean. well, is it typical British sense of humor? Yeah, that's it's that's like a trademark of British sense of, of like yeah your standard British sense of humor. Just uh, just one aspect saying inappropriate things. I mean, it's, that it's so slightly rude, so, yeah, but it's everywhere. I mean, we do it. We do the same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But your sense of humor is like. Um, Ah, it's quite close actually to my own sense of humor because I don't like telling you long jokes and long stories. But uh, for you, it's uh, uh, enough if you make some short situational puns and just make use of the situation, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the right place, in the right time, you tell the joke. And this is what I like. Like, yeah, yeah. a lot of improvising. I'm, I'm a fan of like... Hello? Hello, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I thought I lost lost you. Oh no. But yeah, I, I yeah, personally, I'm a fan of uh, like spontaneity. Yeah. And in like improvisation. Exactly. Actually, the my listeners of this podcast, uh, once in a while, I ask them what kind of episodes they like most, and I always think it's those on which I work most. You know, those which I prepare in advance. Because yeah. I, I put in a lot of effort and, uh, you know, sometimes I write uh, like a no, script or or uh, some I make some notes. But sometimes I do episodes just on the spur of the moment, you know, uh, like totally improvised episodes. And uh, yeah. actually these episodes seem to be pre preferred. So, uh, don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, looks like it's like it looks like it. Uh, because it's where some just listeners sometimes like when I struggle, you know, like they they can see they can see this aspect of learning maybe that they they are experiencing the same because they know I'm not a I'm not a native speaker and even though even though I'm a teacher I still find it hard sometimes to express myself, uh, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so, of course. So they can relate to my experience of learning foreign language. This is how I understand it. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. otherwise, I don't know why they would uh, indulge in such crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess that must be quite. It must be quite comforting in a sense. Yeah. To yeah, to know that. Yeah. It's just to know that, like the nature of language learning. It is comforting to know that whatever I say, uh, it will be accepted. 
yeah, in the end. Definitely. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, what about the weather talk? Now again, uh, another stereotype. We were always told by our teachers um, that um, you English, you always talk about weather all the time. Is it true? It does have, it definitely does have truth in it. I mean, it's, the thing about talking about the weather is that it's almost frowned upon now. Or like with, personally, I, I like frown upon it a little bit mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's just such, such mundane small talk. Yeah. You, you just look up and look up at the sky. It's a cliche. You're with like people yeah. that you're like, you know, with a few people that, Uh, you know, aren't really saying anything. You look up in the sky, just observe what's what's going on, which everyone else can see. <laughs> <laughs> Something apparent. Like look up, yeah, yeah. look up at the sky. But this is actually great for me as a teacher because this is how I explain uh, the usage of going to for predictions. You know, because uh, uh, you can use going to not only for your plans and intentions, but also for predictions. But this prediction must be based on evidence. So this is the common example I give my students. If you look up at the sky and it is it is black or it's apparent that uh, there will be some rain, I say you can use going to. So you say it's going to rain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And can you, can you clarify one thing for me, please? Do you guys use the phrase... It's raining cats and dogs, or you don't. We yeah, we do say that. Yeah, when it's when it's raining really, really heavily. Um, yeah, you can say it's raining cats and dogs. Um, obviously, how many... it's not raining cats and dogs. Yeah, yeah, of course. But... Rain, rain, of course. <laughs> but how many times have you special. used it yourself? I mean, um, I haven't personally said it for a while. Come to think of it, but <laughs> it's not like it's not a rare expression. Uh huh. Because you know what. This is what everybody knows outside England, but apparently, according to Luke from Luke's English Podcast, who is, of course, the person who inspired me to create this podcast, so I really um, um, esteem, him, esteem him highly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says that this, this is uh, not used at all in Britain, that you use, instead you use, it's bucketing, it's bucketing it down and it's pouring it down, but not, you don't use, it's raining cats and dogs. Yet it's, he says this. It is. It, excuse me. He says that this is old-fashioned. I wouldn't say old-fashioned. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, to be honest, I don't. I haven't really heard it uh, used widely recently. But it's <laughs> at the same time, I wouldn't say it's a rare expression. Uh -huh. People still do say like uh, it's raining cats and dogs, or it's, um, it's. You can say it's bucketing it down. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's is, buckets, yeah. Is it bucketing it down right now? Uh, no, in your place. It's actually, it's actually quite nice outside. Uh, there are quite a lot of clouds, but also quite a lot of blue sky. <laughs> okay. So uh, and it's not too cold actually. Uh -huh. it's, yeah, this this winter's been like hasn't been too bad so far. Can you say it's been topsy turvy? You can. Yeah, if you say it's been topsy turvy, it means that. Uh, it probably implies that uh, something's been changing a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, yeah, the, um, the nature of it's been like quite volatile. Yeah, uh, stable. Whatever the cause is, maybe the global warming, but something happened. Definitely, something happened this year. That the winter, especially here, it's like hasn't come yet. And uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a joke uh, to all um, fans of uh, the Game of Thrones. Because obviously one of the main sayings in Game of Thrones is the winter is coming. And uh, it's not really <laughs> this, this year, is it? Yeah, yeah. You, you know Game of Thrones, don't you? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of the, the... It's a book series and a TV show, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched it myself, but I've, heard it's, I've only heard good things about it. It's really amazing, man. You have to watch it. It's a must for you. Yeah. Okay, I'll put it. It's on my to-do list. Yeah, do uh, put it on your to-do list. <laughs> okay, great. All right, that was it. That was the first part of the episode with Ethan. I hope you enjoyed it.
Now comes the promised Zeman's speech. So Miloš Zeman is the current Czech president who took his who who, who was voted the Czech president first time first time uh, the president was voted by directly by its people not indirectly by the parliament it kind of gave him a strong mandate and which means uh, he behaves kind of like a very strong president he is a he is a specific personality and to be honest with you a lot of people uh, find his personality annoying a lot of people hate him he has got a lot of supporters but at the same time a lot of people who simply can't stand him who can't bear him and when I say they can't bear him, I don't need the animal bear. Uh, I mean the verb to bear someone. If you can't bear someone or something, it means you can't really stand it. It's really annoying for you, and uh, you can't uh, you can't basically remain in somebody's company for a very long time because you would have to kill this person. So this is Milo Zeman. He is the Czech president, and he kind of divides the society. He divides the nation. Some people love him, some people hate him. Anyway, um, doesn't matter. What matters is that he had a speech in a European Parliament in Strasbourg, you know, because the Czech Republic is the part of European Union. Uh, we have some um, members of Parliament there, and uh, from time to time they get a special guest. And this time it was Miloš Zeman, and he is well known for his speeches. Uh, Every time he speaks, something funny comes out of it because he's a very witty man and he likes to make kind of intelligent humor. But at the same time, he manages to offend and insult everyone around him, especially, especially the journalists. Uh, for some reason, he is not very fond of them. And during this, something really, really amazing happened. He gave a speech um, about kind of his vision of European uh, European Union or Europe as such and um, he used a very interesting language there I'm going to play this to you without trying to influence you and tell you what will follow and uh, you just try to listen and try to identify what what kind of blunder he committed or what kind of error he made and then we will try to speak about it in greater detail. Okay? My European dream does not include the stake in the center of European Commission, which looks like a bubble bum and tastes like a bubble bum. I have told about Miloš Zeman before, actually, on the podcast, so you might already know a few things about him, like his drinking habits and, and stuff. Um, he's a bit of a quirky, quirky uh, kind of a president. So, as I said, he divides the society. A lot of people love him, a lot of people hate him at the same time. And especially on Facebook, it tends to have a lot of right-wing supporters because especially, you know, right-wing, left-wing, you know, right-wing, traditionally capitalists, left-wing, more of a socialist or uh, extreme, extreme case would be communists. And uh, uh, Facebook tends to be full of right-wing people, especially because it's used massively on massive scale by young people. So he is not really loved on Facebook. A lot of my friends, a lot of my Facebook friends hate him and they can't stand him. They make fun of him. Sometimes it goes beyond some reasonable limits and they might make fun of his health conditions. And it's a bit too much, I think, personally. It's a bit too nasty. Anyway, I'm not trying to defend him, although my position is not uh, straightforward. I actually voted for him as a president, so uh, I should be defending him. But uh, I'm trying to be observant, trying to see good points about him as well as the bad points. I'm not totally against him because I think he's clever. Okay, fair enough, he's a bit arrogant, insults everyone around him. But uh, he has quite... Uh, pro-European attitude, which is something that I, um, I can identify myself with. Uh, so, um, unlike his predecessor, equally arrogant president uh, Václav Klaus, uh, Miloš Zeman, he actually is not a skeptic. He's not a European skeptic. He likes uh, United Europe. And that's what I appreciate about him. 
I might not agree with everything he's saying, but I'm not totally against him. Okay, I'm not sure if you are following me. I'm not sure if you are enjoying this uh, musing over the Czech president. Maybe you don't understand it at all because you're from different countries. Or maybe it uh, it could be interesting for you to, to have the whole context of the of this speech. Anyway, nobody nobody really understood this speech. Nobody really understood what he meant there. Probably... It was a pro-European opinion. He was trying to uh, be clever, and he used a lot of metaphorical language. But uh, to be honest, by the foreign media and the politicians, it's considered a bit bizarre. They have kind of reservations about it. Although it was a bit made fun of, I think it, this speech was accepted because he has pro-European uh, attitude. It was made fun of, especially because of its language. His English is quite good, in fact. As a teacher, I can see, I can clearly see that his English is good. It's because he used to study at a secondary school in English, as far as I know, if my information is correct. And as a teacher, I have taught a lot of students and I can really compare. And him being so clever and uh, well-read, an articulate person, uh, actually, for him, it's not, e it's not hard to convert his knowledge into uh, f this foreign language. The, the only problem that kind of uh, comes up is his uh, pronunciation and it's, I, I've got to say, it's really awful. It's absolutely terrifying. Uh, and then there is this aspect that he is quite confident, sometimes overconfident, so he uses a lot of metaphors, uh, similes, you know, the figurative language, something that is um, typical of uh, poetry. And he thinks he, he thinks uh, he will be admired for that. Okay, maybe he is, but actually sometimes it's better to be concise and understood, especially when you talk in the parliament. You want the others to understand what you're saying. And I'm not sure if this was really the case. In, in fact, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. So what does he really mean by saying all that? Well, who knows? It's hard to decipher. Anyway, uh, the bubble bum thing, uh, I'm, I'm sure you understood that the biggest problem was about bubble bum, which he uh, said twice. First I thought bubble bum, okay, it must be spoonerism. It must be just a slip of tongue because there is this sound b at the beginning of the word bubble. And then uh, there should be gum, okay, but uh, bubble bum, it's easy, to, it's easy to make this mistake, okay. But um, because he said it twice, I'm not entirely convinced now. But probably it was just spoonerism, because who doesn't know bubble gum or a chewing gum? This is what you have if you want to, if you basically want to. Why do you? Why do people chew gums? I think this comes from America. This is where it is most popular. But why do people chew gums? Well, first of all, it gives, it can give you fresh, fresh breath. And some people have a stinking breath, so they need this, especially after eating garlic and onion, things like that, or chili. It will help you, basically, to get better breath, uh, especially if the bubble gum is quality one. Or if you are hungry and maybe you are on a diet, this is a good way to avoid eating and maybe kind of substitute for for this uh, terrible habit of having to eat something uh, all the time. So you just chew a gum. Or it might help you if you want to give up smoking. It's like a substitute for a cigarette. You just have to have something in your mouth. So instead of a cigarette, you have a, you have a gum. So uh, what else? Or it could help people who are nervous. Actually, in, uh, I know one football player. He plays for Victoria Plzeň. Uh, at the moment the best Czech football team. His name is Kolas and I know that every time he plays in a game he chews a gum. Uh, it is a bit against uh, some basic principles because when doing sport you shouldn't really chew a gum. I mean some people do it but you know you, you might uh, injure yourself, you might uh, s um, swallow it and uh, I don't know. I don't think it's appropriate to chew a gum during sport. Nevertheless, some people just do it. Alright, so bubble bum. 
now we're getting to the very core of this uh, analysis, which was uh, a bit of a random analysis, uh, I have to admit. But this is what you normally get on this podcast, so it can't be surprising. It, it can't have taken you aback, can it? I don't think so. So, bubble bum. Well, bubble, it's what you can do with the gum. It's uh, uh, You use your tongue and uh, you um, kind of breathe in uh, the gum and it creates a bubble. Bubble is what can happen also if you use soap um, or, you know, what bubble is. It's like a, a huge sphere and you can easily burst it by using a pin or just your finger. So, uh, and a lot of people enjoy doing bubble gums, especially kids. But bubble bum, well, not exactly sure what that is. Uh, if you type in bubble bum into Google, you will actually find some product. You will actually find a company. I wonder, is there uh, actually a word which hasn't been used by a company as a product? Is there anything free, you know? I don't think so. Bubble bum. But bum, of course, is uh, your bottom, your your ass, if you want. So, uh, <clears throat> this is really funny blunder. This is a really funny mistake. And, yeah, a lot of people must have laughed their heads off or their bumps off, uh, including me. It was really funny when I first heard that. Uh, I'm going to play this to you again so that you will now maybe understand it a bit more. Don't ask me what specifically he meant by the steak. I don't really know uh, what he meant by that. Nobody knows it, actually. Even the foreign media speculate what this could could have been. Nobody knows for sure. It's probably only the, the President Miloš Zeman himself who knows what this was about. But the bubble bomb bit, well, it was just a mistake, wasn't it? Yeah, and because it was so funny, uh, there were some people who actually capitalized on that, some comedians or just people who wanted to have fun and become famous, something something I, like I am doing, you know, I'm having fun and I want to be famous, you know, I want to be so famous, um, that, that's why I am um, talking about bubble bum instead of teaching and earning money, uh, the by the decent way, by teaching English, by teaching present continuous, something that I can do, something that I'm qualified for um, because I have a degree for it. I don't really have a degree for talking about bubble bums. Anyway, uh, there was a DJ or a guy who made a song out of this and I'm going to play the song to you as the last part of this, at the end of this podcast, so you can enjoy a song which is based, which is not loosely, but entirely based, which is completely based on uh, the Zeman's speech. Okay, that's it from me for today. I hope you enjoyed the 50th episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Ethan as well as as well as the bonus. And I will be happy if you get back to me, if you send me an email, write me a comment, post a comment underneath the episode or anything basically. If you want to contact me, my email address is zdenek.lukas at seznam.cz. Now, I realize that um, I'm telling you this email address in Czech, so I might, I might need to spell it, in fact. I might need to spell it, actually. So, yeah, Zdenek is my first name, Z-D-E-N-E-K dot L-U-K-A-S, which is my surname, at, at, that's the, the symbol for uh, emails, at S-E-Z-N-A-M, S-E-Z-N-A-M dot C-Z. C-Z is the domain for uh, the Czech Republic. Okay, so that's where you can contact me if you want to send me an email. For example, if you are uh, the listeners from iTunes, you don't, uh, you are not in my Facebook group or you just don't like posting comments or being part of any sort of community, but you keep listening to my podcast anyway. I know there are people like that. I know about you. So I would like to hear from you. If Just drop a line, you know, say hi, 
tell me what you think about the podcast in general or about this particular episode it always makes me happy i will always be delighted if you send me an email okay that's it for today and until next time when you can actually look forward to the second part of the interview and its analysis until next time bye my european dream does not include the stake in the center of european commission which looks like a bubble bum and tastes like a bubble bum. My European dream does not include the steak and taste. The steak and taste, which looks like a bubble bum bum. Bubble bubble bum, bubble bum. Bubble bubble bum and taste. The steak center of steak, bubble taste, bubble bum. The steak, the center and taste, which looks like a bubble bum bum. Bubble bubble bum, bubble bum. Bubble bubble bum and taste. The steak, the steak mission and taste mission. The steak, and taste. My European dream does not bubble bum, bubble bubble bum, and taste. The steak, the center of steak, bubble taste, bubble bum. The steak, the center and taste, which looks like a bubble bum bum, bubble bubble bum, bubble bum. Bubble bubble bum and taste the steak steak bubble taste bubble bum the steak the center and taste which looks like a bubble bum bum bubble bubble bum bubble bum bubble bubble bum and taste the steak. My European dream does not bubble bum, bubble bubble bum and taste the center and bubble which looks like a bubble bum bum, bubble bubble bum, bubble bum, bubble bubble bum and taste the steak, steak does not include taste bum bum, bum bum, the steak, the center and taste. Which looks like a bubble bum bum, bubble bubble bum, bubble bum, bubble bubble bum, and taste the steak. My European dream does not bubble bum.